Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Holding Court podcast. Today, we're sadly going to be talking about the MLB announcement of the cancellation of games for the 2022 season, but I'll try my best to keep the vibes up by sharing my experience with my February activity for the Try Something New Every Month Challenge, all coming up right now on Holding Court. Boom. Before we start the episode today, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge what is happening in Ukraine. It's an absolutely horrific situation, and our thoughts and prayers are with the people affected by this, people that are there, anyone with family or friends. And I know most times thoughts and prayers don't feel adequate, they don't feel like enough. So if you're able to and you feel compelled to donate, some organizations that are providing aid, the Ukrainian Red Cross, the International Rescue Committee, World Central Kitchen, to name a few. There is also a GoFundMe created for media operations in Ukraine, allowing these people to relocate, continue to provide coverage, and keep people informed. We just didn't feel right starting the show today and discussing things that seem pretty trivial in the grand scheme of things without mentioning what's going on in the world. Justin. I'd just like to echo that sentiment. Um, Super heartfelt thoughts go out to everyone in Ukraine. And it's just almost unfathomable that that something like this could happen in in this time. Yeah. So definitely. I know it's like I mentioned, it seems trivial to talk about this we this episode we even dreaded talking about this and we actually never even really mentioned the lockout during any podcast episode leading up to this I think we just tried to move along and pretend that it wasn't going to come to a head like it did yesterday on Tuesday Um, I don't know maybe we were trying to manifest something good from this and and not have the work stoppage happen but yeah I think we were holding out hope that we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah but it is going to be the first work stoppage since 1995 or it seems like it's going to be I don't think there's any way for it to not be (laughs) um they canceled the first two series of the year for now and I know for me I like to know what's going to happen and so this is difficult for me to not know when the next meeting is going to be held and not know when we're going to have answers and just be in this feeling of limbo with the season and that's kind of where I'm at I have a lot of feelings around it I know you have a lot of feelings around it you have a lot of thoughts around it um, with games being canceled the lockout continuing and yeah I don't know I guess walk through some of your thoughts, some of your emotions, um, as best you can, if you can put them into words. Yeah, this is, this is difficult. It's, it's frustrating to say the least. Um, I think, you know, every five years we come up to this new deal, this new collective bargaining agreement. Every five years, there's a chance that something can happen or something can go wrong or there can be a stoppage of some sort, but you don't really ever expect it to. Right. And I think, you know, this time for baseball players is precious because we don't have a lot of it 
regarding our careers. You right. don't know how long they're going to be. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. You don't know how many opening days you're going to get a chance to play. And it's just, it just seems, it's angering because it seems like it all could have been avoided. Yeah. Like it seems like we shouldn't be in this position. It seems unnecessary. We could have been negotiating all winter long. And instead, you know, the commissioner decided to lock us out on December 1st. Right. We could have been meeting and hammering out, you know, different ideas and thoughts on how we can improve the game together for everyone, for the players, for the owners, for the fans, for the minor leaguers, for the up-and-comers, the the kids that are playing right now in, in college baseball. We could have been doing all that. But instead, you know, the commissioner chose to lock us out, which is just, I don't understand. We could have continued free agency. We could have had our Rule 5 draft. We could have reported to spring training. We could have been playing spring training games right now without a CBA completed. We could have still been negotiating while all this was going on. And instead of getting in a room and trying to work and trying to compromise and trying to negotiate, again, like I said, he chose to lock us out. And I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And the more and more I think about it, uh, the more it feels like this was Major League Baseball's plan the whole time. They just went into this whole thing, this whole offseason with the intentions of shutting the game down and trying to put the players up against the wall and force them into a corner to make bad decisions to have another bad collective bargaining agreement. And that's kind of, um, you know, my thoughts on it um, in, in a brief summary. I think, you know, it was... Minus the expletives and the... <laughs> yeah, minus... Yeah, I'm keeping it a little PG. But, I mean, and and I, I, I'll say, you know, it was a hell of a plan, right? Like, let's yeah. lock them out on December 1st. Let's not send a proposal for 45 days. Let's put a deadline, a soft deadline, now that we know that it wasn't actually a deadline because right. they moved it. We'll put a soft deadline. Um, we'll show up that week. We'll negotiate and send over absolute bullshit <laughs> proposals that they knew we weren't going to accept and then claim that they were negotiating in good faith and then say, oh, you guys, uh, you guys didn't get a deal done. You guys didn't meet our deadline, so now we have to cancel games and it's the player's fault. Like, this was the plan the whole time. And the irony in it is, like, Andrew Miller said it. We, we knew this was coming. Like we knew this was the route that they were going to go down, but yet we still continuously showed up. We continuously put together proposals and counter proposals. We continuously held out hope that we were going to find a way to get it done. But, you know, I think everyone kind of read the writing on the wall. Yeah. And I think, that all just seems like a lot of time was wasted and it didn't need to be wasted. And if this 
was going to be a disastrous outcome to cancel games, then I don't know, me, a fan, just wondering why this wasn't happening all along. And I think, as I said, like we were just doing episodes and kind of like not really even acknowledging what was happening because I don't know. I, I don't know why. Like it's just, it sucks to talk about. And I think like, I don't know, no one like wins in this situation where you're talking about, but it just seems, yeah, like it just came down to the wire. It's like the college kid that's like scrambling to do his like term paper in the last two nights and like doesn't end well. I mean, maybe you pull it off and it's fine, but like it just seemed like as it was getting down to the wire and there was optimism like in the situation, but now we know it was not, we shouldn't have had optimism, I guess, that it was never, it was never going to be there. I think for me, I don't know. I'm just sad. I think I woke up today sad because I think when it was Monday night, we were staying up late and following all the coverage, like I'm sure so many of you were doing. And it seemed like we couldn't refresh Twitter fast enough because it was movement was finally happening. Like obviously we've been following it since December. And then finally there was like real-time updates of all the stuff happening not like oh they asked for mediation or oh we think this is gonna happen or this date's approaching it was like real shit seemed like it was happening and so we were like you know we stayed up until they were like okay everyone left and they're going to bed <laughs> I think it was, it was definitely after midnight here and we went up and went to bed and you said we should think about like writing up our packing list for Arizona and we're, you know, it's kind of like implied that we are going to go out to Arizona. We always do like after the golf tournament, we usually head out there and get everything settled and you get there a little early, um, and just get on track. But this year it was just kind of like kept pushing later and later. And you've been hitting here every day and working out and, and taking care of what you need to take care of to stay ready and make sure that you're ready whenever that call comes. But yeah, we went to bed Monday night feeling hopeful, feeling optimistic. And I don't know, it's just sad. I think about, I mean, it was like <laughs> infuriating to watch the press conference and see someone laughing. I think that it just, I don't know. It's, that's hard for me to watch because I know what the spring training and what the season and what baseball means to people, what it means to fans, what it means in terms of people losing out on jobs and stadium workers in these towns where, you know, these spring training games are held that depend on this revenue to survive. And after everything that businesses went through in 2020 and, you know, trying to stay in business like through the pandemic and then to count on this to happen. And then even like, I know maybe it seems like I'm exaggerating because as of right now, there's only two series canceled, but that's a lot with the shortened spring training. And I mean, you drive around LA and everything is for lease and, you know, businesses are closed and it's the same way in Arizona. I'm sure a lot of those towns in Florida too felt that with not having fans in person and all of that, but I don't know. That's where my heart goes. And yeah, workers at the stadium that are depending on this and yeah, I don't know. I'm not normally optimistic, but I definitely went to bed Monday night feeling excited and hopeful and I know baseball brings joy to so many people and especially I keep mentioning 2020, but it does feel kind of like that where baseball was 
I don't know, a distraction for people or something they look forward to. And I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It's sad. It's anger. It's a whole slew of emotions. And selfishly, I think about your career and where you're at with your career and you're not 24 and you know how much these seasons mean and how much you love going every single day. And to think about missing out on any portion of that um, is just hard. Like it's been hard for you to miss out on this. Like you start buzzing when the season starts and it's just a different energy and a joy that it brings to you. And I think, I don't know, I just, you know, how many, like you said, how many opening days, how many moments, all of these things. And it just, it's just an overwhelming feeling of sadness and disappointment that like you said, it didn't, it felt like it didn't need to be this way. It could have been so different. It could have been avoided. It could have been a positive outcome and yeah, just sadness from my side. Well, I think my goal here tonight and in this podcast is try to, is to try to relate and answer as many questions as people might have. And you kind of touched on one subject um, that I'm assuming, you know, some people probably have these thoughts like, oh, well, you're, you know, towards the end of your career and you've already made a lot of money. So what does this matter to you? Like, this doesn't affect you. Um, you know, you, you've had your contract, stuff like that. I'm sure people are probably going to think that and people are saying that and they're probably saying it about, you know, a plethora of other guys who have made way oh, more no, money Liz than me. on Instagram <laughs> told me that I was a greedy bee and I didn't need any more money and to have you play baseball amongst many other people that like to name call as if I had anything to do with the situation. I was in there like boots on the ground negotiating yeah. and trying to somehow change your contract or the course of your career that you've already had. But Anywho, shout out to Liz. If you're listening, you're probably not, but <laughs> just in <laughs> case you are. But we do have a soft spot and we do have a sentiment for our fans and for our stadium workers, stadium ops, people we see every day, people who go out there and are, I mean, really making the game go. And this lockout, this work stoppage is affecting you know, workers who in Arizona who are expecting to have that income to um, come in for spring training games. And now they don't know when that's coming. It's affecting workers who are expecting their income to come in from 81 home games, which now uh, I think that this will cut out four of our home games if it's only two weeks, if it's only the first two series, right? Or is it seven game homestand to start it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but whatever. It's taking money out of a lot of people's pockets. And I just want to be clear that it's not, this isn't about me or about guys in arbitration or guys that are in zero to three or anyone in particular in this moment. This is about the future of baseball and trying to take care of the game and leave it in a better place than we found it and make sure the guys that are in the minor leagues right now that are in our spring training complexes because they're allowed to play Mm -hmm. to make sure they're afforded a fair opportunity to make sure those college guys that are playing right now on the weekends, which, you know, maybe I'll go check out some college games to kill some time, (laughs) but to make sure those guys are set up for their future to possibly 
you know, be in a good place. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. I think collectively as a group and we are collectively as a group, as together, as united, as informed as, you know, we ever have been in my, in my career. So, um, you know, like I said, it's unfortunate. It's not, it's not a good situation, but, um, we are trying to do what's right for the future of our game. Yeah. I think it's just, I don't know. It's hard to, this is why I don't want to have this episode. I know. I know. It's like such a, ugh, it's just not any, there's no good feels coming out of this. There's no court one-liners that I can zing out. I'm sure I could. <laughs> but I will try not to. I don't want to be the person awkwardly laughing through the unfortunate situation. And you mentioned the hope. You mentioned the hope Monday night. I think all I of us. Don't I don't ever have hope. I am negative Nancy through and through. I always am a realist and I I don't write things in my planner until I know they're happening. This is the problem. I, th- I didn't write the games in my planner this year. And I just, I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I well. I'll say this about hope, like the, you know, for a fact that players didn't want this. Cause if you just go on player social media over the last two months, like you see guys getting ready Oh yeah. for the season. You see guys throwing bullpens, live ABs. I saw Juan Soto hitting tanks in <laughs> the Dominican today. Um, like guys are ready to play and guys are, were hopeful to play and guys were hopeful to be on time and guys were hopeful to do this. We wanted to do this. And even though I knew deep down inside that everything we were hearing Monday night, and I guarantee if you go back and ask all those reporters, who was telling you that I know there was we something. had momentum, who was telling you that the deal was close? And I guarantee you not one person from the players association came out and said, Hey, reporters, we're getting really close to a deal. It all came from MLB. It all came from their side, which further just makes us feel like this was a setup. This was the plan all along for them to try to make us look bad on Tuesday. It's like when you want to believe it. Like, I think that's what it was. Like, we wanted so bad to think that we're going to bed and we're waking up and we're packing. We're going to Arizona and this is going to happen. And I think, I don't know. I just... I even guys were ready. I think, especially after 2020, no one wants to miss games. Like that was so hard and everyone's ready. Everyone's itching to get back out there and ugh, it sucks. I even called <laughs> Greg on Tuesday morning on my way to hit. And Greg's my agent who was on, on, the, pod. on the pod a couple, couple of weeks ago, couple weeks ago. Um, and I, I said, Greg, uh, you know, we have a couple of, teased across and eyes the dot on um on some equipment deals because I'm in between gloves like I don't know what glove I'm gonna wear yet and I haven't made that decision I'm like Greg like there's a chance we get a deal done today like where are we at no glove no love no glove no love (laughs) like how are we gonna get this done like I if I go to Arizona in two days like am I gonna have my Adidas stuff there is like where are we at like just trying to like get a feel just because there was that like little bit of hope that like there was still a little bit of hope and I don't know why I got my hopes up but (laughs) I know we just want it so bad well I was even reading the article in Sportsnet in Canada that Ross Tripling did fellow 
podcaster. Chicken strip. Chicken strip. And he said that he called a realtor to find housing. I know that's a whole tricky situation with housing because in 2020, whenever another housing set up for the year and then nothing happened, everyone was unable to get other housing. So I think, and I've talked to, and thankfully we have our condo out there and that has not been an issue for us, but I've had, I've talked to so many other wives of like, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to go out there? Are you going to hang out there? And I, I just feel for people in limbo, people with kids. I'm like, I have dogs that I have to worry about. And that's enough of like <laughs> getting out there. But some of these women with, you know, two, three, four kids figuring out if they're going to stay, they're going to go or the people going to stay. And that's the one thing that I saw on like our, there is an MLB wives Facebook page. And I did see people offering up rooms and housing, like, Hey, if your husband wants to come out and then start training and, and hold on finding housing, like we have a room we have a space for you. We have a condo you can use. Like everyone, especially on, well, on your side, but on the wife's side, like people are hanging together and want to <laughs> support one another and make sure that everyone has what they need to make this as easy as, as possible. You're right. It is just an absolute cluster F for everyone. <laughs> and though, And these are people that we're talking to that know what team they're playing for. Oh, yeah. You got to remember, there's still over 300 free agents yep. that haven't signed, have no idea who they're playing for, where they're going, whether they're going to be in Florida or Arizona in spring training. And once this deal gets done, wow, I don't know what's going to happen. Hot stove. Well, it's going to be... a cold stove. <laughs> it's going to be crazy because people are going to be trying to figure out all the details of the new CBA. They're going to be trying to figure out where we are, how many weeks of spring training we need. They're going to figure out where we're at in the schedule, what games we're playing. Are we just picking up? Are we making up? Are we not making up? Well, that's what like, I asked but, you. I was like, do you think that the team and the trainers, and I'm sure they do because your trainers are on top of everything and... I feel like they probably have a plan whether you guys start in five days, six days, seven, like they know exactly what's going to happen or they're, I mean, it's so much freaking work, but I guarantee that they know, or they're going to prepare. They have to for whenever you guys come in and what you guys are going to need to do. And like, that's a buttload of work too. Like it's just, well, not to mention, not oh. to mention <laughs> yeah, cluster F I'm allowed one per show. <clears throat> Not to mention Personally. just like the, you know, got, like I said, guys were ramping up to get ready for spring training and now not having a start time trying to figure out, do I ramp down? Do I back off? Do I keep going? Do I keep throwing? Do I keep doing everything as if we're going to start, you know, in the third series? Like we don't know. And there's been so many injuries in our game over the last couple of years. And a lot of it I think had to do from the build up to ramp down to build back up in mm -hmm. 20. And then now it looks like we're going to go through something like that again. I know that's also something to consider. I know Ross mentioned that in the article of like, okay, he got fired up and went and through as if he was going to have to be reporting in a couple of days and be ready. And you know, just like that, that's like the injury thing you have to consider in 2020 and, and all of that and workload and how to manage that. And I don't know. He had a good, he had some good comments in his article. It was a good article. What was it in? It was in, uh, I think it was sports net, but it's like the Canada yeah. there's sports net everywhere. But yeah. 
He said, it got to be 1230 and the fine print of their CBT proposal was stuff we had never seen before. They were trying to sneak things in through us. It was like they thought we were dumb baseball players and we get sleepy after midnight or something. It's like that stupid football quote, they are who we thought they were. They did exactly what we thought they would do. They pushed us to a deadline that they imposed, that they tried to sneak some shit past us at that deadline, and we were ready for it. We've been ready for five years, and they tried to flip it on us today in PR, saying that we've changed our tone and tried to make it look like it was our fault. That never happened. And then Alex Wood was, I mean, everyone has been very passionate on social media. Twitter has had a resurgence lately with professional baseball players and retired. There's a lot of very like outspoken retired baseball players. Well, this is too. why I said we're more united, more informed than we ever have been. Like at, at a push of a button, everyone has all the information. It wasn't like that in 95. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex Wood tweeted, MLB is pumped to the media last night and today that there's momentum towards the deal. Now saying the player's tone has changed. So if a deal isn't done today, it's our fault. Um, He said, this isn't a coincidence. We've had the same tone all along. We just want a fair deal. I mean, we even have Bernie Sanders tweeting. Bernie. He is saying, Bernie's got our back. (laughs) He said, at Rob. No, I'm kidding. I don't think he has a Twitter account. Well, I'm sure he does. But he said, end lockout. People need America's pastime. Like, stop the... He threw out a bunch of numbers, too. He threw out the number. We're not going (laughs) to... We're not getting into numbers. Money and numbers make me like break out into hives, but um, maybe a couple of numbers, but not, we're not doing it. But yeah, I think for me and for some people, it would probably be helpful if I, I don't know, we did like talk a little bit about some things that were in the CBA that were up for discussion that were like the hot, because there's a lot. Obviously, it's like pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. But there were a few things that stood out that I remember being like, what does this mean? Or explain this. Oh, so you want me to help like define some of these things as to what they mean, not necessarily like dive deep into the issues and no this is a one-hour show we don't have time for that but (laughs) okay i don't know i'll do my best it's kind of like our three questions after the game yeah that you allow me to have okay about the game so okay i don't know are you nervous we'll start with a softball i'm not nervous since you can't play baseball right now okay 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 playoffs playoffs so playoffs looked a little funky um when was that 2020 playoffs were different yeah 2020 2020. where am i um so there was talk about well it's 10 teams as it stands now two wild cards one of the division stay with me but there was discussion about a 14 team playoff and then it almost made it seem like they were like okay we don't have to do the 14 like we'll just stick with your 12 and then i was like wait 12 like that wasn't did anyone ask for 12? So I guess explain the structure of the 14 teams and like the benefit that would have. Cause I don't know, maybe some fans see 14 teams and then they think their team that's always on like you as in football, if that was like the dolphins, you'd be like, hell yeah, 14 teams, let's go. Right. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of things, you're not celebrating that. Well, okay. First and foremost, the expanded playoffs was a one-off thing for 2020. Obviously, we went back to 10 teams last year. I think the majority of baseball players, if not all, would like to keep it at 10 teams. 
Was it because, well, obviously shortened season. So to give, to think that it maybe would have shaken out differently, but actually I feel like it was the same teams that probably would have been in it if it would have been an entire season. But was that the, for 2020, like the justification of like more, more teams was because. Do you want the truth? (laughs) I can mute it if it's not good. (laughs) What's the truth? The. Baseball lost a lot of money because we only played 60 games. So an expanded playoff and 14 teams, oh, may, they okay, can okay. make up more money in the play. In I the think playoffs. I like repressed a lot of things from 2020. So yeah, that I remember that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we always want the truth here. <laughs> you can fact check this podcast, give or take. Um, a couple things. <laughs> okay. So the truth is that most players want a 10 team system because that means that teams have to try to win. Trade deadline. To get into the playoffs. That means that if teams are close, if you're a sixth or a seventh place team, eighth place team in the hunt for that wild card, you possibly, you know, make some trades at the deadline to bring in some pieces that would possibly help push you into a wild card position or maybe push you out of a wild card position and into a division leader, which is obviously an advantage. Um, so that's why players are on the 10 team playoff. I understand the thought of, Oh, maybe some fans thinking, Oh, if we went to 14 teams then more teams get in and now more fan bases get to experience playoff baseball. The problem is when you're putting in seven teams from each league, that's almost half the teams make it. You're going to be seeing teams with, 500 records under 500 records making the playoffs you're going to see owners who realize oh all i need is a 500 ball club and i can make the playoffs why would they go out and try to make their team better when they can be mediocre and get into the playoffs and possibly win the entire thing and possibly (laughs) win the entire thing so that is why 14 teams is we already have a, a competition issue and I think 14 teams would make it exponentially worse. Right. And just to be clear, when the commissioner addressed the media and gave his speech on Tuesday, he said, well, we made a concession and we went down to a 12 team playoff instead of 14. You Con- conceded yourself, bro. <laughs> like we didn't, we don't want expanded playoffs. Like, you wanted 14 and then you conceded to 12. We want 10. Any expanded playoffs is a gift from us. Yeah. So understand that. Like they didn't make a concession there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I answered number one. Let's go to number two. <laughs> Check. Okay. Awkward. We didn't really talk about this, but the DH, like, why is that a give for Major League Baseball? It's not, it's a it's a gift for both sides. Both sides want the DH. Both sides, I think, tried to leverage it, and there's a DH, and it shouldn't be considered a give or a get from anyone because I think everyone in baseball, except for those fans who are traditionalist, wanted the DH. I know. It's tough. It is tough. I would not be sitting here on this podcast if there was a DH in both leagues because 
I live you, my I first. I mean, this might have been a fallback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe I would be. Maybe maybe I'd be on TV talking about baseball. You'd be the guy that played like two years and then is like still talking about your career on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. But my first six years, I was a utility player. I got 200 to 300 at bats because there wasn't a DH. I know. I remember. If there was a DH, <laughs> I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I play in the major leagues. But now it could be coming in at a, a later in your career and it could be nice to get, I know you like to play third. I'm just kidding. That's, yeah, self, selfishly, if I'm like internally, like I'm like, oh, well, this could help me right now. But I don't like that it. I is going to keep a lot of players from possibly ever getting to play in the major leagues because it's eliminating that utility role position, which I personally absolutely love and think it's so valuable. Yeah. Some of the best players, just saying. Most versatile. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Why are you camping Is this nervous. number three or did you sneak DHN off script? That was only two. I know. DH was two, right? Yeah. Well, I okay. snuck DH in because I thought about it and there's been like a lot of polls. On well, I, was, I just wasn't sure. You said, oh, I forgot to even, I forgot about this. So I didn't know if DH was one of your original. Okay. Now this is the shit that I've asked you about and I don't really, I don't even know. I, I, I kept thinking of like the oil, like CBD oil with like the <laughs> CBD. <laughs> and I really don't. I mean, now I, I've researched and I've understand it. When I don't understand something or if I think that like I have no control in this situation at all so I honestly just go and read and try to like get as much information somehow thinking that that's going to change the outcome or I'm going to be better equipped or better aware of the situation it doesn't help but that's what I do I just go on Twitter and I search articles and I try to learn and understand <laughs> but um, this is one of the things so competitive balance tax was like a big hot button topic buzzword right buzzword buzz phrase buzz. for this whole thing i don't know if it's like in related to like the luxury tax thresholds like that whole discussion but it was the same yeah but those were i mean i knew that was the same and <laughs> all of my scientific research i'm nervous okay um <laughs> i don't know that was the big thing and i think I don't know. For me, like watching the press conference and, and reading all these things and listening to interviews, I feel like MLB put a, a big focus on like league minimums and like the, I don't know, for me, it made me think of like the sexy stats in baseball of like, when you talk about a player, you don't talk about like batting average or errors or like all these other things you're like but he hit 35 home runs last year like who cares if he like can't play defense or like is a shit teammate or whatever like this is your like ideal player like let's focus on that and for me in the discussions like coming from MLB side like the league minimum going up seemed to be like the look over here like here's the prize and all the other things were kind of like in the background and the things that were in the background seemed to be the thing that the players union was fighting. You have this like look on your face, like I either sound really, really dumb or I'm no, on like no. a brilliant tear. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it just seemed like that was the like distraction 
of like, look at these greedy players. We're giving them the league minimum, which in doing my research, the league minimum that they would raise it to is still like almost 200,000 less than the NBA, which you could argue revenue in that would be the same as the NHL and almost the same as the NFL. So it really like in being like, look at all we gave you. It's really just bringing it on the same line. Can, as I, drop, the other can, I, can I drop in a little like to, dynamite to, drop in here? Absolutely. We play <laughs> twice as many games as all those people. And again, like this is a, a, a really, really, really insane amount of money. It is a really beautiful salary. And I don't want this to come across as like, just calling that like peanuts or like pushing that aside. Like that is a great deal of my, I don't want Liz coming into my DMs again on Instagram. Oh, it, oh she's coming. <laughs> no, she doesn't listen. I think that was a, I think she just was searching people and like Maybe dropping hate. it was a hate. bot. But for me, like, yes, they offered the league minimum. They came up on the league minimum. I don't know what the ask was from the MLBPA for the minimum, but I know that they did jump. They, I won't say jumped on anything that's a very aggressive word they stepped they towards you guys yeah so they raised it but there seemed to be like that was like what rob wanted to focus on and be like we gave him this we gave him we're gonna give him the dh we're gonna give him the 12 team playoff structure and da 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 da, da. so and I, this then the lottery i remember him mentioning the lottery so let's back so i up. think your question was <laughs> to go into like the meaning of the competitive balance tax <laughs> That is correct. <laughs> okay. You're right. You noticed there's a lot of smoking mirrors and <laughs> deception and, hey, look over here. I will not like, be We're deceived. doing this, but like you don't know all the other stuff that's going on. Right. That's correct. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the competitive ballot balance tax. So Jeff Passan, the real Jeff Passan, not the fake is it one. Passan? Passan. Jeff Passan. I don't know. I think it's passing. <laughs> we had this discussion before. We have. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. But I know it's the real Jeff passing. Not Because the fake I one. checked his Twitter account and I didn't retweet this <laughs> from a fake bot account with a fake Jeff later. Jeff passing or a whatever. A fake the other blue one check mark. This was a real one. Okay. Okay. He is a real one. Are you picking up on my little dig that I'm dropping right here? You know who you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> Retweeting the real Jeff passing and not oh. the fake one? Okay. Oh, Anyways, <laughs> so he wrote an outstanding article a few days ago, and he really dove in deep to, you know, the history of collective bargaining and, you know, players and owners and things that have happened and timelines. And one of the things, uh, the, uh, the title of the article is Inside the Self-Inflicted Crisis Boiling Over as MLB's Lockout Deadline arrives if you want to look up this article. And it's really, really good. But in it, he actually, there's like a little section where he goes into kind of the history of the competitive balance tax. And I had it <laughs> up right now and I can't find it. But anyways, the gist of it was in 2001, I believe, Bud Selig went to Congress and basically said that, you know, what the owners have always been saying, that they're poor and they can't make money and they're having financial hardships and yada, yada, yada. So basically out of this, in our next CBA, came a competitive balance tax, which was 
essentially, I guess it was to try to even the playing field or try to create parity. So like the big market teams aren't just spending $500 million when the smaller market teams can only spend, you know, a hundred million dollars. And that was the thought behind it. And what it ended up doing was just putting basically working as like a cap for our market and it's prohibiting, although some teams have gone over it in the past, the Dodgers being one of them, but essentially it's prohibiting teams from getting out of control, spending money on players and trying to compete and trying to win and putting this tax, right, that you mentioned, this luxury tax, Mm -hmm. um, for how much you go over that competitive balance line. So if you go over it for one year, it's X amount of dollars for a second year, it's X amount of whatever. There's percentages and numbers that are we can get into, but that's besides the point. Um, but what's happened is it's, it's working as a cap against our big spending teams and you're seeing their payrolls shrinking and diminishing over the years. But these small market teams that are crying, oh, we're unable to compete with these big market teams aren't spending money anyway. Yeah. They're just pocketing it. <laughs> I mean, they're the, the payrolls for the bottom. I mean, we had 13 teams, I think, with under a $100 million payroll last year. Mm-hmm. So it's just... But they're still profitable. They're still profitable. And the thing is, is look, it's baseball. This isn't... In football, in basketball, you know, nine times out of ten, the team on paper that's supposed to win wins, right? Like, it's it's pretty much how it is. But all these people that are afraid, like, oh, you're going to go buy championships. Like, it's baseball. It's a seven-game series. Like, it doesn't matter what it says on paper. It doesn't matter how much you spend. Like, you still got to go out and play. You still got to go out and perform. You still got to go out and, and get through nine innings and and do all the things you got to do to win a game. So, um, I don't know. I Again, the higher we raise the CBT, it doesn't mean teams have to spend that much money. It's not forcing teams to spend more money. It's just setting a soft cap, supposedly, to where teams can't get out of control and we can try to give the little guys, the small market teams an opportunity to compete, which I mean, the A's have been doing just fine. The the Rays are doing pretty good. So I think they figured it out. Um, so not sure <laughs> what's happening in all these other organizations. This article says the CBT was about competitive balance. Like citizen Kane was about a sled. So it's clearly well, the opinion on that. I will uh, caution everyone when you see competitive balance and you see parity I think that's just another smoking mirror phrase or word to try to help the owners not spend money. It's fair. Thank you for explaining that. I don't know if I really explained it. I just, it's, it's a complicated thing. Read the passing article. He did a really good job. He's better with words than me. (laughs) Passan. Passant um, or passing. Maybe I know. maybe Jeff can come on here and not talk about baseball, but tell us how to pronounce his last name. 
(laughs) (laughs) We invite him. We're like, and Jeff, how do you pronounce your name? We have one question for you, Jeff. And then we're like, all right, Jeff, thank you. (laughs) And we just play the song. And he just leaves. Sometimes you want to go. What? I meant the podcast. You're going to play the cheers song? Where everybody knows your name. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's fair. Um, Do we want to leave it at that? I mean... I think that's unless you had any other questions. No, I mean, I mean, we can talk about this all night. I can go. I, well, I can't go into a lot of stuff, but I just hope fans know that don't always believe everything you read. That's a good Um, rule. Always. I think. Yeah. Consider the sources that they're coming from or yeah. Consider the people they're coming from when sources are named. Um, and They're usually not. We, we the players, love our fans. We love you. Uh, we would be nothing without you guys. We want to play. We want to be on the field. This is our life. This is our livelihood. This is what we do for a living. This is what we spent our whole life striving for. And, you know, it seems like this is a... Uh, a little side gig, little game that these billionaires get to play with, with our lives. <laughs> I like it. So. Well, in more exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my blood pressure right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's not do that. Um, you may have seen a sneak peek of the activity that I hinted at. On last week's episode. Yes. And I wish I was coming to you at happier times with this, but I went to the... We. We'll talk about that. Southern California Curling Center for my Try Something New activity. I'm going to get thrown another bus here. February. And I learned how to curl. Not my hair, but my Not your biceps. Not my biceps, but my little stone. Not little. That thing is, what did she say, 43 pounds? Something like that. It's heavy. It was heavy. Okay, so Justin didn't want to come, and he played too cool for school all week, and then- Way, 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 way. It sold out. It sold out. We're about telling the truth here, right? (laughs) I'm telling the truth. Okay. Courtney found this class that we could sign up for, and her and a couple of friends signed up, and she literally told me- I don't want you to go because I don't want you to show up and just be really good at it. And that will make me mad. That's not what I said. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not word for word, but just about. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay out of this one. You go have fun. You enjoy it. You live it up. The class actually sold out. Your three, your two friends signed up. It was the three of you. Only eight spots. Class sold out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, court's going to go do this. She's going to start her, dreams of chasing down olympic gold 2026 milan and i'm just gonna root her on this is gonna be what i do is it when my career's over is it though and what happened now so that's not true at all you said that you (laughs) didn't want to you didn't want to go because you well you didn't know the situation you didn't know if it was going to be like ton of people big crowd and you said that you didn't want it to become about you you true i did say that I just said, this is my thing. This is my dream. And I agree with that. And 
then I asked if you were going to come and you were like, no, I don't want this to be all about me. And then a spot opened up and I said, last chance, are you coming or not? And Wait, did you or did you not though say that you don't want me to go and then be really good and that's going to make you mad? No, like that. Those you wouldn't something be on my along team, those lines came out of your mouth. I wouldn't want you on my team okay. for the Olympics. What? You're busy. You're busy in four years. In twenty six. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm. I, well, maybe the lockout will be over by then, and I'll be able to play. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so you took the last spot, and then I'm getting ready, and I'm gonna pick up my friends, and we're gonna carpool there. And I tell you that my friend Mike has onesies for us. USA onesies. USA onesies. And you're like, I'm not wearing that. And shit. You were, you were. I said shit. Very angry. You were upset about the idea. And you're like, I'm wearing whatever I'm wearing. And I was like, okay, well, then you're the only one in the group not wearing the USA onesie. And then we get there and we're walking up and I think Mike's already in his onesie and then Christy and I are, are going to go change into our onesie. And then you were like, F it, give me one of those things. And then you go put it on. That's and not you, like, exactly strut, how it went down. You like strut out of the changing room and like just walk in like you own the Southern California Curling Center. Well, of the course. song the song came on in my head. It was like, I am a real American. I don't know what that's like. You've never heard that song? No, I don't know that song. Wow. I'll look it up after. But I'm not going to lie to you. So I've thought a lot about this. And we talked about my try something new challenge was to see if there's maybe something that I'm good at that I haven't tapped into. And I've played a lot of bar shuffleboard. I think I have a good touch. We talked about my putting and just my feel for like distances and like the read on things. So I just thought this was going to come natural to me and... We start the lesson, we get in our group. So it's our group of four and then there's four other people which happen to also be another group of friends. So we kind of just dove right in. We knew it was a competition as soon as we walked oh, in. Oh, 100%. I sized them up and I was like, they are going down. We're going to win. Yeah. I knew there was going to be some form of a scrimmage at the end and we were going to have, like I started like, everyone was like encouraging one another, like clapping and I was like... We'll see. No, I was clapping, but I just, I wanted to beat him. Like that was my goal from the beginning, because if I'm going to make it to Milan in 2026, like the journey was going to start there and I'm not going to like walking. You couldn't in. start your curling career with an L like. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No. So I walk in to the center, the arena and I like zip up my onesie and I like almost get, emo did you get emotional? It was I felt like I was at the Olympics. I don't know why. Just like the buzz of watching it and like the pride everyone takes. And I know it was just like a couple of pickup games on like a Wednesday night. But like I got kind of emotional. Look, I really didn't want to wear this onesie. I was like, <laughs> I'm not putting on a onesie a and going out. I did not. Okay. I really did not. doing your like lunges well, in front of everyone. Once I put it on <laughs> and we walked into just the waiting area. You felt like we were part of a team. And there was like... 60 flags of all the different countries like oh, yeah. hanging from uh -huh. the rafters. I no. was like, okay. Like a sense of pride came over me. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm right where I need to be right now in what I'm supposed to be in. Wearing a onesie. And, and listen, neon shoes. I did have neon yellow shoes, but everyone in the place was like, 
It was like you hear the like Like, the record, like the record stop, and it's like. Yeah, and I'm not taking any credit for this because I was so anti onesie, but I'm definitely glad I did. I'm glad that you felt a sense of confidence and pride putting on a USA onesie. The tide turned quick. Yeah, like it was a big U-turn. I'm glad. I'm glad that you felt that way. So I don't know. We're going through the whole thing and she's like explaining how to like keep score and like the history of curling. And I'm thinking like, I just wanted, let's just skip to like where I start playing. You were thinking like, <laughs> I need content for my reels. hundred <laughs> percent. And lady, you're question. just talking right now. This isn't the content I need for my reels. hundred percent. My first question was Can we like, bring our phone in? Can I have my phone? Am I allowed to take <laughs> photos? I'm not lying. It's important. Everyone had their phone. Well, because you think back to like everyone, you, like you have photos of when you were three holding a baseball bat. Like that, that was my moment in the onesie. Like I didn't that take those been, photos, but I do have those. But photos. that could have been the start of <laughs> no, my. You got a document. This yeah. is this is the start of the documentary. Well, just chasing w- gold, 2026, Courtney with a K. Currently. <laughs> I have too many dreams. But just wait for that reel at the end of the year where it's like January, February, March, April, May, June. And how many people are going to be inspired in 2023 to try something new because of my reel? Try a new challenge. So we go through it and you have to learn. You get on like kind of like starting blocks. If you were a sprinter in track, you remember these and you get there and you have your little device and you're. You have your stone and you kind of, well, you didn't do the stone at first. You just kind of learned how to like jump out and slide. Then we did one with the stone and kind of like threw it a little bit um, just to kind of get your bearings, like get your balance. Did you find that it, you did pretty well, like right out the gate. Fucking shocker. <laughs> Stupid face right now. Well, no, it, it was, it was a little bit of an adjustment period because you had. And everyone's your, watching you. So it felt like gym class too. Yeah. Like, everyone's watching. Yeah. You. You're like, okay, no, I don't want to climb the rope. Um, <laughs> no, but you have your little balance guide, which is what you're talking about. And the trickiest part is there's actually, when you're a beginner, you just put these rubber booties over your shoes for the ice. So you don't really like slip on the ice. But when you go to throw your rock, you actually step on this little like sliding. It looks like a, um, like an insole, like a shoe insole. And it's got like a slick side and then it's got like a friction side. So when the friction side's down, it doesn't slide, but then you flip it over and you step on that. And that's what allows you to like jump off. And you see the guys like in the power lunge, like sliding down the ice before they let go of the rock. Like, when you're a beginner and you don't have the cool shoes, you just have the the rubber slip-ons and you have to step on that thing. And that was the hardest part was keeping all your weight on that thing. Yeah. Because if you were like a little inside or outside, it would slide out from underneath you. Yeah. But I think that we both did pretty well. Yeah. And it Everyone felt did. like, it felt like before we knew it, we were already doing a scrimmage and it was time. We, oh, we practiced some sweeping. Sweeping. That's the worst job. I think it would be like, I have the stamina. I think I could do it. I'm doing the gesture right now. It just looks like I'm like jerking off. But it was like a, like figuring out the right hand and like the angle and like getting that. It felt natural. Like I felt like I could do the curling. I could do the sweeping. You elected to be the skipper. So you wouldn't have to do Piece of advice. If you're, consider yourself a little bit lazy you definitely want to be the skip because the skip just stands down by the 
uh, on the other end and kind of just points like where to aim. Yeah. And like then which side you're going to curl from, like whether you turn the, yeah. the stone left or right before you release. And then the three other teammates, one is shooting the rock and the other two are sweeping the whole time. And the skip is just standing down there yelling like, go off, sweep. Which I'm not going to lie. I think the off. skip like really messed our team up a few times. I'm not going to do an individual call out, wow. but, um, <clears throat> Honestly, for sweeping, I don't know how I didn't know this, but I always thought the sweeping was creating friction on the ice, but the ice is actually like pebbled ice, like it's textured. Yeah. And so when you're sweeping it, almost is like a Swiffer and it's got kind of like a sponge on it, you're removing that friction so it can go further. I don't know why I always thought it was like creating more friction to slow down the stone. So I always, I thought that too. I thought two things. I thought when you swept, it slowed it down. And when you swept, I thought it made it curl more or like curve, but I was dead wrong on both of those. When you sweep, it makes it go further and it also makes it go straighter. So like when they're sweeping, they're trying to straighten it out. And when they're off, they're trying to help it like curl more. Yeah. Yeah. Did not know that. I was playing a lot of defense. My first one, I knocked off one of their stones on the outer ring. Yep. And then on the way back, the second portion of the scrimmage, I knocked someone off and stayed in the ring. Basically, which was like a the very, second inning. Which is what you see in my reels video that I posted. That was a very exciting moment. And in that moment I felt I'm right where I need to be. But this is where she thought I was a bad skip because I was oh, 100%. I was trying to have them sweep so her rock would knock them out and then it would keep her in the ring. And she wanted me not to have them sweep so she can just land right on the button, which is the very middle of the thing. Well no the the part that I had a problem with was your throw actually yep. i thought you could have been like right in there like in the hunt because it could come down to like who's closer yeah but i think it was fun um, we won by the way for nothing yeah we won there was, there was like not even a question that, that was gonna happen we walked domination. out like giving total like, quiet, domination quiet like high fives but one of the other cool things after we walked out the usa paralympic curling team was in there getting ready to fly over for their Olympics and we got to chant USA USA in our onesies, in yeah. our onesies and they loved it and the they US were, wheelchair curling team yes they are they're there right now yeah they're in Beijing so they were training while we were learning I think they start on March 5th so yeah probably go over there and get their bearings get their practice in and That'll be exciting. We gave they were them a, fired up. We gave them a great USA chance. They were like, can we have those onesies? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll take it off. I started to actually unzip it. But yeah. they were like, oh, no, no, that's okay. Like, you'll yeah. probably have way cooler uniforms than, than we're going to have. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it was fun. I would have went. It was fun to have friends with. But, again, I'll try anything by myself if, <laughs> if not. Like, I'm not nervous about it. If you're nervous, bring a friend, though. Just continuing to encourage everyone to, I don't know, try something new. It's, I don't know, never would have thought that I would have found a curling center in LA, but there is one and I don't know, I encourage you to try it. Are you glad you went? 
I'm so happy I went. I wish I could join a league, but... You can. Well, I could now. Well, they have pickup games. Yeah. You can just go and play in pickup games. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back for a practice or pickup games. I think in Retirement City, I'll join leagues again. I miss my kickball league, and I'd love to do like a volleyball league. Will you let me be on your team? I don't know about that. You'll probably be working. Oh, one more piece of advice. If you run cold, you don't want to be a skip because you're just standing there and you're freezing your ass off on the ice. If you like want to like be warm while you're doing it, you want to be a sweeper because you literally like work up a little bit of a sweat and you're actually hot. Don't forget your gloves. I know. I didn't have gloves. I was fine. My hands were frozen. The ones he kept me warm. Yeah. It was nice. Um, And then another friendly reminder in JTF News, Marathon is less than three weeks away. I'm training. I'm fundraising. There's still spots on our team if you want to come out to Dodger Stadium for the 5K on Sunday before the marathon. We have spots on our team. Saturday. If you want to run. 5K is Saturday or Sunday? I made that up. It's on Saturday. If you want to run and walk for Team JTF, yes. I will be out there. Email us, info at justinturnerfoundation.com. And then another friendly reminder, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. Anything you want to add? Yeah, go check out the website because it all just got updated from our golf tournament. Oh, yeah. JustinTurnerFoundation.com. I've got a blog post about the golf tournament. It was huge. It was our biggest one yet. It was. It was our biggest one yet. So um, we did really good. It was awesome. We brought in. Oh, oh, there's. We have fans. We'll say how much we 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 raised six hundred and six hundred and fifty thousand dollars at our golf tournament. There it is. <laughs> there it is. I busted a nut like too early. And I Courtney, Courtney was behind almost all of that. So, one more round of applause for you. I don't like to. Toot. Oh, you got the. Soft, I don't like to toot my own vibe. horn. Okay. <laughs> now you're just playing with the board. No, that was a horn. All it was right. just a sad sounding horn. But, but yeah, go check out the website and you can yes. see everything from that. JustinTurnerFoundation.com. If you want to see more pictures, videos, feel like you were at the golf tournament, it's all there. Thanks for listening. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, for we still have hope for some good news, and we'll talk to y'all next week. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Boom. Bum 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 b